Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 386 with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 386. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. Well, let's do a quick recap of our weekly live TV show this week in hospitality marketing, which airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time on the Hospitality Channel TV station. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tools for review this week, uh, a little bit of forward thinking, and then you'll see why when I start by talking about the technique, obviously, there are three tried and true uh, tools. The first is very uh, much a over, oh gosh, I use it so much. Um, it's SE ranking. Um, it basically is my go-to tool to really truly analyze website performance both from a technical point of view, but from an SEO point of view as well. It allows me to ensure that the health of the website functionally is doing well. Uh, The optimization of it, it has great tools in relationship to SEO comparisons of my competitors that I've chosen to put into the system so that it gives me a constant evaluation as to what I've decided the website to show up for organically in how my competitors show up for the same things, plus also what they're showing up for organically and how that compares to how I show up for those things. That may not be something I picked uh, to be relevant to my SEO, but it gives me a place in the world for all of that. Um, Very powerful tool. Very good about deciding and defining your technology for your website, its functionality, and also SEO optimization to that. So that was tool number one, serankings.com. The second one, also a tried and true platform that I constantly refer to, is iSpionage. Um, I spy or I spy. I never really even know. I'm waiting for somebody eventually that works with the company to say it in some audio. But what this does is it allows me to review and compare my competitors. It allows me to look at not just their SEO, which already SEO ranking gives me a lot of information for, but also <clears throat> their marketing capabilities. How what they're spending money on, um, how their ads are showing up, the frequency of their ads, the value of their ads, the potential cost of their ads. It gives me a wonderful insight to my competitors and my role in comparison to my competitors. Are they doing things at times that I'm not doing them? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting through a bit of a cold through this process. Um, end of the year, what do you get? You get a cold. Um, so out of the idea of all of this, the competitor analysis of Ispenage is very powerful to determine how they're doing in comparison to me. Um, their ad campaigns, what I really use it for is their evaluation of ads. I mean, it does great for organic, 
but I believe SE ranking, once I define my competitors I want to compare against, does well. But this also shows me sometimes uh, hidden competitors, uh, people that have entered into the market that I have not been maintaining and monitoring on, and it shows that they're they're aggressively going towards certain things. And I find that OTAs tend to do that an awful lot. They follow business cycle quite well. They know which markets are in higher demand historically, and they begin to make a presence for themselves in paid campaigns into the market. Ispenage will identify that and see what they're doing and how they're doing it, and which, of course, helps me determine whether I can copycat them or see if I need to just sit, settle back, let them take the lead on it, ride their coattails, and amplify what I'm doing on their platforms, which would be more affordable than me trying to go head-to-head in competition with CPC costs and so forth. It's a great tool to determine all of that, and that is Ispenage. And just so that it doesn't you have to rely on my phonic sounding of this, especially with a cold, is I-S-P-I-O-N-A-G-E dot com. And uh, if you have a better way of saying it, email me. <laughs> I'd love to know. Uh, the third tool for our discussion today is socialinsider.io. Social Insider is incredibly powerful as a social comp set analysis the ability to go over and see what my competitors are doing in the social space as they compare to me um very very much about looking at in granularity their posts their frequency of their posts their types of posts the engagement that those posts created and it goes on to all social platforms it'll follow all aspects between facebook twitter linkedin tiktok uh instagram youtube It it follows all of them um It allows you to see very clearly how your competitors are placing themselves within social. Now, this isn't a a competitor discovery tool. Uh, Yes, you can in the sense that if you find people that you find interesting, you put it into the platform and you go look and see what they're doing and so forth and so on. But it's also more of an analysis of those that you've chosen to monitor what they're doing. And what really gives me a great insight with this platform is the ability to see what my competitors have been doing successfully, uh, what resonated with people that follow them from what they post. And from that, I can see whether is that a similarity that I want to adopt and also to see what they're not taking advantage of and say, wow, they're not talking about these events at all. Uh, And it may be for good reason. They're not near the event venue itself. And I am. And I see that as an opportunity to be able to expand some of my social media content because I see that nobody else is really entering into that space and I can dominate that space with better social content. Uh, Like I said, it gives you great visualization as to the frequencies, the types, the engagements uh, of, of, whoever you choose to put into this on a variety of social platforms. And so that is uh, socialinsider.io. And it's actually spelled the way it sounds. So S-O-C-I-A-L-I-N-S-I-D-E-R.io. So socialinsider.io. So those are three tools for discussion today. SERanking.com, Ispinage.com, and socialinsider.io. So let's figure out why I put those three tools for our discussion today as we get into our technique of the week. Now, for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique discussion is going with the fact that it's the end of 2022 in a bit of a way, good riddance. Um, especially when I have this cold, it makes it like, yeah, I want to get past all this medical stuff, hopefully a little bit here with the cold and stuff. But anyways, our technique discussion this week is what will Tuesday next week be like? <laughs> It's not meant to be ominous. It just seems to work out ironically that our New Year's Day coming up is on Sunday, 
obviously we're not working on Sunday. Obviously it's a weekend. Uh, Monday is the designated holiday for New Year's. So it's unlikely that a lot of people will be back into the office. And if they, even if they do try to get ahead of the work pile uh, that comes in on Tuesday, and, um, and this is a unique work pile type of time, um, they're not going to be really engaged with wanting to reach out and do dialogues and have meetings and so forth and so on. So it probably much be much more nose down grinding work. Um, but it is there is a, a pile that is waiting for us on Tuesday. Uh, it's not just next week's pile. It's not next new next month's pile. It is a accumulation of everything that got postponed, delayed because of holidays, the traditional end of the year holidays. Um, people taking personal time and so forth, cumulated to the conclusion of a fiscal quarter, which in itself can have a lot of heavy weights on the reporting and variations and updates and statuses and so forth before rolling into the next quarter, because a lot of budgets are defined by quarters as well. But it also compounded on top of that, it's the end of the annual fiscal budget. So there's a tremendous amount of conclusion to 2022 that will be facing you square on that you said, I'll worry about it next year. And the bright and shiny new budget and marketing strategies and all the items that said that once we get into next year, we're going to tackle are all just waiting with you without a cup of probably a cold cup of coffee, um, waiting for you to sit down and tackle the entire world as it relates now to the brand new spanking 2023 that's coming up next year or next week. That's Tuesday. So my technique discussion was, what will Tuesday next week be like? (laughs) It's going to be lots of things for lots of people, depending upon their roles that they play within their organization. But for me, what I would like to address is the reason why I brought these three tools of SE Ranking, Espionage, and Social Insider uh, to the discussion today is that they reflect a good litmus test starting point. Stick in the sand. Um, As with any triage, <clears throat> going into, and I apologize for any gravelly sounding voices or clearing us of the throat, <clears> throat, is you need to assess where you are. It's usually the first thing you do with any triage uh, of, of a situation, whether it is uh, applicable to medical, whether it's applicable to travel, is, okay, stop. Where are we? All right, now that we've established where we think we are, let's grab relevance to this. What is then conditionally what we have to do next? And that's why I say that Tuesday should not be so much about what you put off. Uh, Tuesday should not be so much about what you delayed. Uh, Tuesday should not be so much about transitional. It should be about, let's take a second and let's evaluate at this moment, January 2nd, 3rd, excuse me, um, how we're starting the year. Where are we? And that's where these tools become into relevance, is to go look at SE ranking. If you've been using it, you'll have historical data to look at. If you haven't, it's a great stick in the sand to say, let's plug it in and let's let it churn through our website and give us a report as to our website's health. Let's identify who we want to be compared against in our competitive set. Use that data, not just in SE rankings, uh, but also for Espionage and Social Insider. Um... But to go and say, okay, let's, let's put a stick in the sand for that. Let's evaluate what keywords we felt we've been always targeting and how we show up for them. And let the system tell us what words we aren't showing up for and our competitors are and all the other information that these platforms provide for us. Let's put a stick in the sand. Let's put a benchmark that on the first day of our workday of this year, January 3rd, we paused and just said, where's the state of the union here? Okay, where, where are we for this? Um, and do the same, take the data that you have for the competitors, say, go to Ispinage and say, okay, let's look and see what our competitors have been doing. What 
Where are they at this moment? So it's an expansion of the conversation. Where are we? Where are they? And that they is our competitors. And you're going to Espionage and say, where are they in the advertising space right now? What's our snapshot of their efforts? It's obviously, you know, it's fun to see whether or not they are proactive, that they scheduled correctly their transition of their holiday ads to the non-holiday ads. Um, I used to have restaurants that had roadside signs. It was a big thing to have roadside signs uh, to tell you what the daily specials were, or the offers or whatever. I always try to use them in humor, which, of course, you see on YouTube and TikTok and everything else these days of people making some fun, creative signs for their businesses. But the one thing that you never did, the, the, the absolute worst thing to do was have Friday's fish offer on Saturday morning's board. <laughs> Because it showed that you weren't paying attention, that you were not aware of the fact or cared of the fact that it isn't Friday's offer on Saturday. It should be Saturday's offer on Saturday. And so that's where this benchmarking comes into play is to say, look, this is my first day back sitting in the chair again. Got to get the old coffee machine warmed back up, get the computer fired back up, get past the deluge of emails that are from where we were to where I'm going to, to what I pushed out, to what I triggered to go on today, the to-do list, the task list, and the calls and everything else. And just stop for a second and say, let's assess our current positioning. Let's look at what our website looks like right now. Let's snapshot that. Let's see what the health is of our site to know whether or not we're trying to push a car that has a flat tire around the track. Then from there, look at our competitors and are we really in the lane competing with them or are they, 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 their tone deaf is to their, their, their ads? Their ads are off center. Their holiday offers are still in place and they should be already transitioned into new ones. Are our holiday offers still in place and we should be transitioned off of them? Self-evaluation. Um, and a good chance to see whether or not there's some productivity in traffic. A good chance to snapshot analytics and look at our traffics and see our patterns and see if they lived up to our expectations after all the year ended. Where are we? Did it, it, did it look like what we thought it was going to look like? And then, of course, from the social insider perspective, looking at in comparison to what is being done now, did the dialogue for our competitors or the people that we're looking at and interested in following change from what was just previous to New Year's and everybody's excitement and fixation on the holiday to is there now with a couple of days in our under our belt for, for January 2023, so to speak, to look back and say, did the conversation change to being post New Year's? Are our competitors being in tune that they did proper scheduling with their content to make sure that they were showing off their attentiveness to the fact that they're talking to their audiences relative to when they're sending out their content. And that anything after New Year's wasn't just talking about New Year's. It was now talking about the new year, January. What things to be looking forward to for it. Um, I say this because we often operate, especially in the marketing world and in our personal lives too, that we get fixated on the next event, the next holiday. Just before Halloween, it was all about Halloween. Just before Thanksgiving, it was all about Thanksgiving. Just after Thanksgiving, it was all about the shopping previous to the Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and Christmas and, of course, Festivus um, for the gift givings. And then after, right after Christmas, the gear changes right into what's going to be happening for New Year's. And we get very fixated on, we don't really look at past those events as much. We'll get to them after the event. Right now, it's time to focus on the event. And we do that inherently. And we do that with our marketing as well. And it's not a bad thing to be fixated on the next biggest thing. But you have to have already had in the works, because as we've discussed many times on the show and the podcast, there's a long timeline string of engagement. It just doesn't go from black to white, from previous event to post event, from a, an awareness of advertising. 
there have been where people were looking and saying, okay, we're doing all this stuff for Christmas. Uh, I'm not too certain yet about what we're doing for January. We're going to try to get away for a ski vacation or whatever, or you know, get out of town or whatever. Uh, but you are kind of peeking at stuff. You are in that discovery phase of deciding what you might be interested in once we get past certain holidays or certain events. And then from that, you want to be able to start planning for that, making the education of what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And so for that reason, we are already in the dialogue for a lot of things. Your social media content should always be in a progression well in advance of the events and the conversations that are right in front and center. Your Christmas dialogue should have happened starting in October, depending upon what you're wanting to talk about. Your Halloween content should have been started after July 4th, as it was the next progressive holiday of noteworthiness when it comes to marketing. There's a progression of dialogue that goes on people plan far enough ahead through the discovery education and conversion process you know that that's kind of like a storyline it is they do the discovery first they educate themselves on what they discovered and then they decide what from their education what they want to facilitate and purchase so being in that perpetuation of conversation and on multi-channels you're not just talking about one and only thing on social you're talking about five different things on social at different intermissions of time. You're talking about soft adventure. You're talking about cuisines. You're talking about off the beaten path. You're talking about local discovery. You're talking about cultural events. You're talking about a variety of things in different dialogues. So it's not like you're browbeating a topic as it is you're bouncing between topics based on the timeline that each one of those have towards their point of conversation. That's what you're doing. So everything through Christmas, as much in support of Christmas and Christmas holidays or Hanukkah holidays or anything else, you're also seeding the perpetuation of content related to things that are past those events. Well, now on Tuesday, next week, you need to look at and say, where are we? Are, are they getting engagement? Are, are they resonating now that the holiday is past, that they're being picked back up going, okay, now we're past New Year's. And I was keeping track of some conversation from our hotel about uh, the such and such event happening in the middle of January. Is that picking up in engagement and dialogue? It's, it's a question to ask. And that's what I'm saying about Tuesday. What will Tuesday next week be like? Is the chance to go and look at your health of your website, the relevance of your website, your competitors, your competitors' activities that relates to you, okay? And then also from a social perspective, the engagement of the conversations, the trends in the conversations. And only pick three tools out of multitudes that we've talked about on the podcast many times that address each of those topics with the SE ranking for obviously your SEO and website health, espionage for paid campaign health, and social insider for social health. It's a chance to kind of do that litmus test, that benchmark that says, okay, first day in the saddle, uh, January 3rd, Tuesday next week, I'm just going to see where we are. Start from what position we're at and then what our competitors look like so I can begin to evaluate my decisions on everything else that I'm going to be barraged with. Leftover reporting from 22, new reporting and new functionalities and new initiatives in 23. At least I know where we're starting from. And I think that's the key element of what to consider for all the chaos that will be next Tuesday. So there you have it. Our technique this week. What will Tuesday next week be like? Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So our news and show review. Uh, topic today was kind of fun. Um, it was uh, my chance to do my prognostications of 2023. And literally the show was titled, My Prognostications of 2023. It was my chance to be able to either be right next year, the same time, and go, see, see, I said this last year. This was what the year was going to be, right? And look how smart I was. It was that way. Or... 
buried the show in an archive because it was so far off that nothing I said was actually true, in which case, mysteriously, the recording of the show might disappear. No, I'm just kidding. It won't disappear. It'll be fun to go back and poke at and go, boy, were you really off? You had no idea that was coming, did you? Just like we talked about with the year over year where we had never thought this that Facebook would lose 75% of its actual value, that it would be a diminished product in the sense of relevance for its advertising campaigns uh, because of the security protocols that were instituted 18 months prior to the beginning of our year this year. Um, that TikTok would be the ruling time consumption on the internet and that as we go into security scrutiny that governments are shutting it off from uh, uh, from their, their um, government people's phones because of the security leak potential that it represents, um, that we'd be looking at a total meltdown of what the existence of Twitter actually is because of a billionaire's individual choices, which we'll talk a little bit on the show. Uh, well, we talked a lot more in the show about it, but I'm going to touch a more a little bit about it here. Um, so, yes, the world has changed. My prognostication for 2023, I was touching on a few of them, and I went into greater depths about it. I'm just kind of recapping it here on the broadcast. Is I was talking about AI and AI content, GPX, um, uh, the, the GPT, uh, um, artificial intelligence audio, uh, um, audio, but um, platform that you can use where, uh, what is it? There's a book on the New York bestseller that was uh, made by it. Somebody asked to write a book about a, a children's book about such and such, and then they created graphics for it. And it was written by the the artificial intelligence, ChatGPT. Um, the, the part that I think about 2023 is we're going to go through uh, a heavy awareness of, of AI's capabilities. We've shown and demonstrated several AI platforms through our tools selection process that we discuss here on the podcast over the course of this whole past year, and they've gotten better and smarter. Uh, they've done certain things. There's certain tools that help you with SEO optimization content. There, there's tools that help you with creative content development, research tools, even cognitive ways of connecting disparaging thoughts into a mind map so you can create a strategy from content and so forth. And the AI helps with all that. And I think AI gets overused as a term because it's, AI to me is the how computers self, uh, I wouldn't say self-aware, but self-learning uh, programs compared to very smart machine learning algorithmic usages which calculate things. The chat GPT that's out there right now is very robust in the sense people are fascinated with the fact that you can ask a question or, or put a request in and it'll create, and it can create code, it can identify code, it can do crazy insane things that make you feel that it has, it has a certain entity to it and it's not. It's using data that's provided on the internet. As vast as that is, it is not a person. And I think in the prognostication of 2023, we're going to be faced with the fact that a lot of people are going to use the tool beyond the point of its true helpfulness, which is augmentation and, 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 and um, additional content that it can provide and clarity and so forth to a lazy man's way of writing blogs, a lazy man's way of writing ad content, a lazy man's way of creating things. And then when you add it with all the other AI variations that are out there, and I gave the example in the live show, I had ChatGPT describe to me what an ideal beach resort would be. And then I took that description and put it into another AI machine called Super Machine, which creates visualizations. It actually makes art. And I and I gave that and it created this visualization from what ChatGPT gave me. And then I went to another AI platform. And again, the AI is an overused term, but it creates uh, unique music. I would I say the theme of it, the instruments I want to use, the duration I want to have for stuff. And I literally made a beautiful uh, picture of a beach resort with great background music, all from AI. I never did it other than start the process of the request. And I think that 
2023, we're going to get into a saturation of AI. Uh, it's already being made fun by Mark Fishbone uh, with his um, co- uh, uh, cartoons about business, where you know our AI content has gotten high, high engagement from AI bots. <laughs> Yet it's so well optimized that the optimization bots that look for optimization love the optimization content that's been provided. It doesn't mean we're reading it. It just means that the bots are saying, yeah, that sounds great to me because I would have written that, which they did. Um, I think we're going to get into an authenticity issue for 2023 is my prognostication. I think we're going to have to make sure that to do what we can use AI for in its content development capabilities is that we mitigate it with our voice as to how we want it to be represented, that we check most importantly for truth and accuracy. The problem with the AIs is they're taking the content that is provided them to make the content that's being asked of them. And that has nothing to do with whether it's truthful or accurate. It has everything to do with using what's been given into producing what's been asked. And that is where I think the we have to be very careful of the AI usage for 2023. We're going to get a lot of people that use it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. And innocently, they're going to think that whatever is produced is accurate. It's not. It's just accurately produced from the content that's been provided. So I believe in my prognostication of 2023 that we will have to be overtly concerned with the authenticity of truth when it comes to AI content development. Another thing I want to point out is I think that we went through uh, our phase of billionaire infatuation for 2023. I think, or 2022, I think we're over that. I think that just because you're a billionaire, we always defer that that means you know about so much because you're so successful. No, it means you're successful because of what you knew, but it doesn't mean you know everything and you're good at everything. I made the examples in the live show that I used to open up restaurants for lawyers and doctors. Brilliant at what they did. Didn't mean they could run a restaurant well. Um, And it proved again and again true. They had an opinion of things that they were not knowledgeable about, but because of the success they had in their chosen field, it was implied that they'd be successful at anything that they put themselves to. And that's not truly the case. We have skill sets. That's why they're called skill sets. Um, and for that reason, same too, we see things like Elon Musk with Twitter. You know, I even try to give as much credit as possible. as like, you know, this is evil genius at work. He has a plan. He has some direction or, or end goal or whatever. Nope. It's just he's messing it up. There is no tangible way that he can think that what he's doing is benefiting the, the platform itself for that he spent $44 billion for. Just don't see it. So I think our infatuation with them and, and, and Bezos and, and everybody else that uh, they're good at you know, Midas's golden touch, so to speak. I think we're a little disillusioned that, you know what, they're not all of that. They're good. There's no doubt. They're successful. Absolutely. And they've been successful in certain things. But Elon Musk didn't make SpaceX. He's not the programmer for the software. He's not the developer of the technology. He just knew to be smart enough to bring in the people and give them the latitude and the resources to be as good as they could be. And the success comes from that. That's good leadership. That is an individual success. That is good leadership. And the individual benefits from that. So that was one thing I think about 2023 is we're going to get past a little bit of our pedestaledness of, of, of billionaires. I think the third and final thing is that we are exhausted out of our revenge travel cycles. I think we have depleted our, our uh, travel at all costs perspectives. I think people are looking more for what they looked for previous to COVID 
and that is the quality of services, quality of meetings, and so forth. And I think that we have scarred ourselves as an industry that through our ambition of high yieldability ADRs and maximizations of revenue and to the detriment of revenue and service scores, that that is going to come back to us. We have now a darkness to our history of guest and customer services. Uh, a, a callous disregard for that they didn't like what they were getting at the premium rates they were spending because there was such a demand for it that if they didn't like it, great, get out, I'll sell it to somebody else that will pay the same price, if not more, and, and, and deal with it. So I think we're, we'll be paying a certain price for that in next year. It doesn't mean that we're going to have uh, poor business, but I believe as any cycle goes, previous even to COVID, was we have optimism for what the year is going to be like and a reality check halfway through it where the numbers get declinated back down. I don't think we're going to have our tsunami summers. We're going to have summers. I don't think we're going to have our tsunami spring breaks. We're going to have spring breaks. Uh, I think that the pattern of performance will become more uh, logistic-based. I think that the financial ramifications of all the uh, social and political impacts that are going on with the recessionaries and or inflations and or cost of livings and so forth and the layoffs and the shifting of, of people that, you know, I will forever be able to work from home and that turned out to not be a reality for a lot of people that businesses required for them to exist that they had to come back to the office. I think people that changed their economic social structure that they left the downtown that they used to work from now have massive commute issues from where they live in the suburbs that's been in the news recently i think a lot of that's going to have a play on the fact that those people don't have the latitude of time or income or the job security to be able to press for those to have the vacations and the travel plans that they had hoped for Uh, i think everybody had a digital nomadic perspective that they thought that if i could work from home then that means my vacation schedule is free 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 i don't have to go with throngs of people in the summer i could pick an alternative time that be more affordable and i still just get to work what i'll do is i'll do my thing and i'll crack open the laptop and do all the work stuff and and have the pretty background and then go to the pool after i'm done with that call there's a certain reality to some of the people that went for that i think that there's still a reality for those in some ways but the majority of people that envision that don't have that reality anymore and i think that is going to come back to us next year as to what we thought the world was going to be like moving forward based on all the impacts of what covid did from lockdown and what have you to the realities of it and we're still fighting the ugly specter of ignorance and and and, and silly no silliness just stupidity of people with the vaccinations and the lack of of concern for other people in society and so forth uh and the and the issues that that creates. Um, I hope that gets more blunted as time goes on, but unfortunately I think it's it's a part of our subculture that is um, still going to be around, but not to get political about our conversation. So there you have that. Uh, that's our productizations, and I went into other variations of what other things were for 2023. My last thing I want to bring out is news. News to consider for what we do to go into 2023, and I'm pointing out in the news, Southwest Airlines. What a cluster that has. And yet... We should all have a little bit of an itch on the back of our neck about what we learned from it that we, as individual hotels even, are just one step away from the catastrophic uh, thing that happened with Southwest. Maybe not to the same scale, but to the same effect on our business. And that is old tech stacks. Oh, kick the can down to next year. Let's not put it in this budget because it's going to be hard enough to get the budget approved. Let's just defer that until the next time. Maybe either I'm not at this property by then and or um, they'll decide to do it uh, for a different reason because of just what happened with Southwest. They had a complete meltdown of their internal infrastructure, their tech. 
wasn't being able to handle what it was intended for because it was never updated and it melted them down. And we are facing that with so many hotels that our tech stacks are not integrated. They don't communicate. They're you know, bubblegum and bailing, bailing wire kept together. We keep deferring either the upgrades that it should have for the very platforms that we're still connected to and or the fact that it should be all thrown out and replaced because, well, as long as it's still working, you know, the old adage. And it's so hard to convince ownerships to buy for an intangible, non-revenue generating cost, especially costs that are associated with PMS, POS systems, CRM systems. So please learn from the lesson of Southwest. It can happen to you. If your tech can't handle it, and all of a sudden your computer screens go blank at your hotel, and you don't know who's in-house or who's coming in-house, and there's no way to communicate, there's no way to find it, and there's no way to use it, how happy will your world be? I see a lot of refunds, I see a lot of discounts, and I see a lot of lost business. So at that point, the cost of having replaced the PMS system or the POS system um, was a small price to pay in comparison to the lost revenue that came from that. So learn the lesson from Southwest. So there you have it. Uh, you can find us on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora. Uh, the list goes on. 39 platforms and counting. Or even on Amazon's Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Just ask any of them to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast. And of course, no matter which one you may use, if you like the show, please rate us and leave a comment. That gives us the feedback we so much crave. And also, it allows others to help discover our content as well. Um, speaking of which, if this is your first time having listened to the show, please smash the subscribe button on the platform that you discover us on or 38 of the other ones if you may use indifference. Um, all of our podcasts, past and current, are forever housed on our I Love Lucy rerun platform called hospitalitychannel.tv. It's a linear programming uh, website that just literally plays shows at designated times throughout the course of the day. Uh, and you can research shows by by who's on the show, content that we had on the show, what have you. It's a really great resource. Plus, also our live shows are also on the uh, the replays on that channel. Uh, we always simulcast our live show on social media every Friday, 11.30 a.m. on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube on multiple platforms all across it. Plus, most, most importantly, on our Hospitality Channel TV channel. And that's on Roku, Google, Amazon, and Apple. You can find the Hospitality Channel. The live show is always on the free side there, uh, along with our software and services uh, showcase. And uh, there's a lot more content behind it. And uh, that's $4.99 a month to get all that extra content, just like Netflix in the background of it. I highly recommend it. You get to see my happy, cheery, smiley face on your TV, which may not be a selling point. And the last, of course, is we have our Hospitality Marketing Club. This is an advanced or journeyman users club of people already doing hospitality marketing. This isn't a place to learn hospitality marketing from a basic level. We do not bring it. As a matter of fact, there's a quiz. You go to hospitalitymarketing.club, put in your email, I send you a quiz. You have to do 90% uh, answer a question. There's only 10 questions, but you have to get nine of them right. If you do, then we send you an invite to the club. Right now, the club is free. Next year, we will eventually change that to a pay-for platform. Uh, but one of the nice parts about the club is it gives you access to our TV channel as well. So lots of value there. Lots of websites to go visit should you choose to. But in the meanwhile, my name is Lauren Gray. Thank you for the privilege of your time. And I look forward to talking to you not only next week, but next year. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 386 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, All Right Reserved Copyright 2022. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.